0: Hey everyone, uh welcome to um season two, episode sixteen of Photography Chat with Merlin. Uh we're gonna have uh Brian uh joining us shortly and um yeah hope everyone is having a great uh Earth Day. Um, yeah, it's been kinda crazy over here. Uh so we'll just get Brian on the mix here. Let's see where he's at. Okay. There he is. Okay. So, can I invite him on? Ryan. Hello, hello. What's up, dog?
1: have to readjust. <laughs> I'm, a little too I'm close uh,
0: broadcasting from a different, uh, different zone than usual because... Um, I'm moving this weekend. Yeah, I'm moving my living room. Well, I mean, not, well, as good as can be, I guess. Like, I leave Saturday morning, and this is what my house still looks like.
1: Very fun. Yeah.
0: That room still needs to be packed, and... So um sure, we could say that I'm ready. <laughs> a lie is a lie, right? <laughs> ready to go.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, man? You asked me as I was drinking the water. What the fuck? Oh, no. Okay. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Marilyn. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I love you too, Brian.
1: Um
0: I'm I'm okay. I I saw that you got vaccinated recently. Um I, I also part hey, of the hey, vaccination hey. club too. Um the first perk I found of being old is uh, they they let me get my jab here in Canada early. <laughs> they dropped the age down to 40. And so I'm turning 40 this year. So they're just like, you make the cut. And it's just like, give me the jab. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been which, seeing,
1: I think mostly through you, that it's harder to get in Canada, huh?
0: It's, yeah, it's it's pretty hard. Because they're like, we're going to vaccinate everyone. And then they're like, oh, wait, we don't have any vaccinations but you should get vaccinated, but we're not gonna tell you where to get vaccinated. And it's kind of a dumpster fire, so. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm happy to see that you guys are in a better state now than um, you were previously in the pandemic because I was worried about a lot of you guys there for a while.
1: Yeah, luckily where we are, things weren't too horrible. Um, You know, we knew some people that got sick, but uh, yeah. Luckily, we're vaccinated. My mom's vaccinated. I'm excited about that.
0: So. That's awesome. Go team vaccination. Um, <laughs> if I could redo it, I probably wouldn't do it right before I do a move across the country. But I'm glad that I still did it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, uh, so we've got a bunch of people that have joined in now. Uh, oh, there's Jonna. Hey, Jonna. Hey. Um, and I saw Mary joined. Um, so hi, Mary. I miss you, too. Um. Yeah, we've got a bunch of people on here. Um, why don't you uh, say a little hello about Brian?
1: A little bit about Brian, huh?
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So yeah, uh, I am currently a student at uh, Northeastern Illinois University, uh, studying studio arts with my minor in photography. And uh, yeah, I only really started taking photos um, in 2014 when I uh, started community college here in Elgin Community College. So I uh, I was doing printmaking and a friend of mine started to do uh, screen prints of photographs they had taken. And I was like, oh, that's oh, nice. badass. So I want to learn how to do that. So then I started taking a photography class and there we go. And I saw Doug is here. Doug is amazing. I learned how to do tintypes from Doug and
0: yeah, I can't wait to do the same at some point. I mean, that was the plan pre-COVID was to uh trek on down to Elgin and uh, catch up with you guys and um you know, learn the ways of the tin type, but um <laughs> then COVID. Yeah, and, there's a lot of
1: people. Know, like fun
0: fact... Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting a good chunk in. You're a popular guy, people like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, fun fact for people in the photo chat is um Brian and Mary were some of the last people that I saw in America yeah before COVID took over we were uh we were at Policon Bay Area and um if you saw uh Brian's post he had some photos of us down there and uh those ice cream sandwiches from that bodega down the street from that hostel do I still dream about those things so
1: good so good (laughs)
0: <laughs> if yeah. I lived
1: in San Francisco I'd eat one of those every day probably
0: every single day I, I'd have to buy stock in that company. <laughs> like, so I can't like I miss San Francisco dude I, I miss San Francisco I miss America I miss you guys like it's um yeah it's a bummer
1: yeah hopefully we'll get to see each other in uh September um
0: well you guys will definitely be able to go there. I doubt the border will be open. That's right. Uh, That's
1: right. Shit.
0: Yeah. Because not, not because of of your guys' performance in the the COVID arena, but because uh, Canada is doing so shitty right now. So um, yeah, the border is probably going to remain closed (laughs) for a while until Canada can get their shit together, um, which sucks. And is a big reason why I'm moving because like, uh, the main reason I wanted to stay in Toronto um, was proximity to the Eastern Seaboard. Cause like I, all these like photo road trips planned and I wanted to make more trips down to Elgin and um, in Boston, New York, stuff like that. And um, yeah, that kind of stopped being an option. Right. <laughs> so, and I miss my family. Yeah. But have you been working on any interesting photo projects or has it just all been school lately?
1: Uh, so like I kind of use school as, you know, my way to work on my projects and then I work on projects outside of that. But I'm also lucky that I'm in a lot of like independent study type classes. So I get to sort of choose my own adventure. Um, That's nice. So yeah, I have a project I've been working on the last uh, year and a half, two years, um, which is about me being adopted. Um, and so it's sort of about from me finding out that I was adopted to some, some of the Illinois birth laws changing and me getting to find out information about my birth family. Um, and then sort of that search as well. And yeah, so that's like the main project I've been working on. Um, and then I've got some zines I'm working on right now. I'm trying to get more into doing handmade zines. So I, um, um, see if i got any stuff around here i got a book recently that's uh this guy here books boxes and portfolios so i've been learning a lot from that on how to make my own zines That's that sounds like an interesting book yeah so i am working on um a zine about my dad when my dad died and about the items that he carried on him when he passed away um and then I am uh, working on a zine about um, food places in the Chicago area that you can only find around here. So, working with a friend of mine who's an illustrator on that. Um,
0: what oh, like
1: the, the food places
0: one, I I like that. Yeah, there's some good food <laughs> out there.
1: Oh yeah, lots. That's Chicago is just known for great food. So yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff around here. Um yeah
0: there was a, a place that lish took me to um we went for breakfast before your show um i can't remember what the heck it was
1: called was it in algin
0: yeah it was in Elgin. a uh, raise yeah.
1: yeah yeah Ray's. they're like uh one of the top 20 diners in america they got rated a couple of years ago so Dude, that that was a great breakfast place. they're a good place
0: That's one thing I miss about America is like y'all don't fuck around with (laughs) breakfasts.
1: You know what? I I wish I loved breakfast foods more than I do. Really? I feel like like the majority of the time I go to a breakfast place I order like lunch food or something. And then you know, and then I feel sad that I didn't get French toast or something. (laughs) See, well,
0: I don't really like French toast either. Um, but like dude the one thing that like kills me when i'm in the states is i fucking love biscuits and gravy (laughs) it's like give me
1: carbs and fat with salt yeah (laughs) i have one of those like confessions to make too is that i'm i'm a vegetarian um i'm not one of those like you know you can't eat meat around me vegetarian but i Biscuits and gravy is one of those things I miss. Yeah, I haven't had it Uh, in, you know, probably, like, 15 years now, so.
0: There's got (laughs) to be, like, a veggie biscuits and gravy. Like,
1: someone's got to make it somewhere. Yeah, I've heard there's places that do, but I've just never come across it. Well, okay, that's a lie. I went to one in Nashville, but I don't think I got it when I was there. Oh. Yeah, Nashville's got some good food, too.
0: I I did the, the hot chicken when I was there, and, um... It's definitely hot. (laughs) Lives up to the name. It does. Um, But yeah, I guess like some some back to do with us for other people that don't know is like I met you through Policon. Yeah. Policon 3, I think was the first one. And um, you took my first tintype ever, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, turned, it cool. I think it turned out nice, right? <laughs> it turned out beautiful. I, I really love that one. I got so many tintypes on on that Policon because yeah. um, I got one from you, I got one from Ellen, yep. and the Project Barba type guys did one. Yeah, too, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which um, they were the only ones that um, let me wear my glasses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that could be tough. Um, which was, I, I didn't understand that you couldn't do that because of the reflective coding thing. Um, right? And then yeah, caught up again at at Polcon, and then we did the Tulsa trip. That was fun. Yep, was yeah, yeah, you guys in Tulsa.
1: Yeah, uh, Tulsa was a lot of fun. And now like uh, this, the past Policon, we, I think we stopped and stayed a night in Tulsa because of that. We had never been there before our the trip. We all were there for.
0: Yeah, like Tulsa is a really cool city. I can't wait to go back and explore, and just the Midwest too. Like I really like that trip. Um, going through like Kansas down to Oklahoma and stuff, um, it just made me really want to explore like Middle America a lot more because um, there's just like there's something special about it. Like you, know, you, you guys have uh, have some magic there in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is like for me, even I don't I haven't done a whole lot of you know trips around the Midwest. I think I've been more around the South and um, like New York and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, Wisconsin, there's a lot of fun places in Wisconsin. Michigan, I, we just went to Michigan for the first time, like, last year or something like that. I'd never really been to Michigan, so. Where'd you go in Michigan? Um, Is it Saugatuck? Who we went to Saugatuck?
0: Okay, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. But, like, Michigan's an interesting one. Like, I explored it a little bit when I drove down uh, to Chicago for your show, Um which I regret now doing that in one drive um, because like 11 hours was a little, (laughs) I was was a little burnt out by the time I got to your show, but that was so much fun. Like, um, yeah, like I think that was one of the last art shows I went to before um, everything
1: ended too. Yeah. It's wild too, to think that that was, you know, every time I think about that show, it was 2019, but because it was, you know, November of 2019, it was towards the end there. In reality, it was only four months before all the COVID stuff happened. So but yeah, it feels like forever ago now.
0: It does. Like I I was just talking to a friend about that, where it's just like, it feels like COVID years are a lot longer than (laughs) years, which is is super weird. But I'm, I'm curious. So what got you started with instant photography? Like what, uh, what was the affinity with Polaroid?
1: Uh, for me, it was just, the main thing was being able to hold a Polaroid in your hand, you know, um, going through family albums and seeing a Polaroid and having my parents tell me that this is a one of a kind object, you know? So I've always seen Polaroids as being different, you know, from a regular print and, um, you know, is it just being more of an object and something special? So, and then one of my first, you know, memories is being a little kid. And uh, we used to go to this furniture store a lot as a kid. And my dad would take forever to pick something out. So we would go multiple times. And there was this furniture store that had this gigantic chair. And I would always sit in it and play play in it when we were there. Uh, And then one time the owner came out with a Polaroid camera. And he's like, hey, you want to get your picture taken there? And as much as I wanted to, I was really, really shy. So my dad had to, like, pick me up and hold me there. Um, So there's this picture of my dad holding me and me fighting to get away. But it's, like, (laughs) one of my favorite pictures, you know, because, you know, it has a story attached to it, the fact that it's a -a one-of-a-kind object. So for me, that was, like, sort of how it began. Um, And then being able to work with it on my own, you know, once I've gotten into photography as an art form, you know, that the whole quality of it being a one of a kind object is, you know, what has always drawn me to it. Um, But also there's that quality of, you know, because it's a Polaroid, you know, oh, you gotta, you gotta be really careful with it, you gotta take great care of it. And in some instances, I think that's true. But uh, I think a lot of how I rip up the Polaroids or smash them or don't really take care of them. I think there's also a quality in the fact that, you know, they are one of a kind object. There is a specialness to them, but really no matter what they're through, they're still special, whether it's yeah. ripped up, whether it's burned a little, whether it got some coffee spilled on it or something, you know, it's still, it, it adds to it. It carries on whatever is attached to it at that point so yeah
0: well and it kind of because it's that one of a kind object that just becomes like part of that object's like existence and life kind of thing which Mm -hmm. is kind of an interesting thing because like if that happened to like a film print and like yeah you spill coffee on it or something you'd be like oh fuck it like i'll just make another film print (laughs) right you, you throw that one out and it's just like i think that's one thing that's cool with polaroids is all the different marks and stuff tell stories and yeah um, you know they're I think they're one of the most tangible types of photographs you can get there not only because you can hold it but because it's that one thing that one moment
1: yeah and you yeah. never know what you're gonna get when you're taking it you know there's that there's that feeling of being a kid and opening presents on Christmas day you know wondering what you're gonna get you take a Polaroid and you know, you got to wait for it to develop, and you're sitting there, and that anxious feeling is something you know you don't really get for a lot of things. I feel like
0: it's true, and and so I'm curious on on that. <laughs> um, you know, the the internet is full of angry men with opinions on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But it's>, um, <laughs> what is your opinion, angry or not, on the impossible, a la Polaroid originals, a la now Polaroid?
1: um so I you know I don't support like everything they do but I'm stoked that they're around I'm excited that you know the next generation has this art form that we had uh, and they're gonna make their mark on it like we did um so you know it's different it's not what we want but I think we're just still gonna see a lot of great art come out from it um and that's the other thing I just I feel like we just got we got to work with what we we got you know, whether whether you're shooting, you know, the Polaroid film now that doesn't turn out as great as you want it to, or you're shooting with some peel apart film that's, you know, really nice, uh you just you gotta work oh, with oh, it. That's the other thing too. But having e- said e- that, <laughs> Polaroid is not making great cameras either, you know, like no. um you have other companies like Mint, you know, who are making more artistically driven cameras and uh, Retrospect who are, you know, working on that, it seems like. and <clears throat> But at the same time, that's another part of the whole angry white man is, uh, you know, jerking off about how great your camera gear is. You know, who gives a shit? Exactly. Dude, thank <laughs> you. Like, who gives a shit indeed? Like... <sighs> If you can't if you can't make art with whatever you're given, then you're not an artist. You know, you're not you're just you're just playing at that point, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to make something nice whatever with whatever you're given. So
0: Dude, I'm gonna make a shirt that says that where it's like <laughs> if you can't make art with what you're given, you're not an artist. Brian G. twenty <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it and I'm going to mail it down. To you.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I screen print so I can print it for you, you know? <laughs> Dude,
0: I mean, I've been thinking about like doing some merch stuff. So maybe that'll be, that'll be the first shirt.
1: There we go. <laughs> mean, we'll have your, like a little logo with your face on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could do the, the uh, photo chat logo. Like, on exactly, this- yep, this exactly what
1: I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, on that point, like, fair enough, like Polaroid, doesn't make the best cameras that we'd want. I personally, though, and, and I'm curious your opinion on this one, I think they are marginally better than what Fuji's offering on the instack side of things. Yeah. Um, Like, the One Step Plus gets a lot of shade, which okay. I think is like completely unfair because, sure, it has limitations. Once you figure out how to work in those limitations, it's a fucking fantastic camera. There you go. Yeah, I mine's over here somewhere. Um, and then, like, I've heard you say good things about the uh, the Polaroid now. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. And I mean, like, you know, the Internet's been on fire the last few days about the Polaroid Go, which is yeah, like,
1: yeah.
0: for most of these angry men, an abomination. And oh, my God, <laughs> they killed an for this. And it's like, no. Hashtag kids... not my Polaroid. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hashtag not in my instant film. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, I, I'm i curious to hear your take on The Go. I think The Go is a great thing in, in my mind because it's going to open them up to more addressable markets where they can get more revenue in, which means if they start mm-hmm. making more money and become more profitable than they are right now, then maybe, just maybe, we will see a pro camera out of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even if we don't see a pro camera out of them, it will mean that this film will live just that much longer if they exactly. yep. more money, and, and that's <laughs> the important part to me is like it's it's a real privilege to still be able to shoot my sx 70 and slr 680 in, mm-hmm. in all cameras which i mean should have been extinct in 2008 you know for for all intents and purposes so what, what are your thoughts on the go
1: yeah i think it's great um like i don't know if i would get one or will get one but I think it's awesome and I think it's one of those things where like like you said it opens the possibility that they're going to make more revenue and more revenue means you know probably they're going to make more stuff more people are going to get jobs um, and I think it's finally what they need to really compete with Instax you know because yeah. Instax is so cheap and reliable um, Polaroid needs that so they, they
0: really do because like the film, I'm not gonna lie, it's janky. Like it, it's like rolling the dice when you throw a, a cartridge in, even if it's a brand new one from like a fresh like batch. Like, you know, you could have like two packs from like the same production time, and one is great and the other one is kind of shitty. But I don't look at that as a negative either because I've accepted that when I'm creating with Polaroid, this is part of that craft it's not Mm -hmm. like if i want perfect i'll shoot the large format or medium
1: format or something like that Mm -hmm. and i just saw in the chat that i agree with brian saying that it's a gamble it's like it's definitely a huge gamble and i think if that's the thing if it goes right then all these you know dreams and hopes that we have could possibly come true um if it doesn't they'll probably just stay about you know, what they used to be, right? Probably like a lower level company that uh, at the very least is making things we like to use. So,
0: Exactly. Like, and I did hear that they have bantered around the idea of making pro cameras with like glass lenses and things like that. Yeah. Just like when they look at that market, there's not enough volume that would come from that market to justify that camera at like, a reasonable price like if they made it it would be like ridiculously priced and then all the angry men with cameras would be like (laughs) oh my god here's polaroid with a two thousand dollar instant camera for their shitty film like (laughs) yeah you just can't win and not
1: not to like this is not uh this is nothing against the people who got it and like it and love it but you know like the leica instant camera you know what i mean is like it's a (laughs) That's cool. It's cool that they did that, but yeah, you know. Um, dude,
0: so that's the only Leica that I own because yeah. it's the only Leica that I could afford and it was because <laughs> I bought it used off of a dude from Craigslist that had no idea what he had. Yeah. He had it listed for 150 bucks and I was just like, I'm going to buy
1: this before he realizes he's made a mistake. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's one thing like okay, if I was if I were rich, I would feel bad doing stuff like that, but I'm I'm fucking broke. I can't afford, you know, if I can take advantage of someone not knowing what they have. uh... (laughs) Well, I I talked to him about it after and like, I'm broke.
0: I'm broke. Well, and when I talked, like, I guess it was like a gift or something and he just didn't really care. So, and that was the same. I bought a Lomo square, like the pop out Bellows camera. Uh And it was the same thing. Like it was a crazy price and the dude got it as a gift. And he's just like, I don't shoot film. But, like, both of those cameras, like, the Leica um, mini does great with that film. Like, that's yeah. what that film deserves is, like, a nice glass lens. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the Lomo square. Like, I suck with the zone focusings, but when I nail the zone focusing on it, I'm like, fuck yeah, this looks so good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why won't Fuji make this? Right. Yep and then like, yeah, and makes- I, I
1: got a thing like oh, today or yesterday um it was like one of those facebook memories where i was like crying about fuji stopping production about the peel apart film you know because <laughs> uh, i think today was the day where uh super sense announced five years ago that they were trying to like purchase everything but fuji film said no Yeah. So yeah, sad. Very sad. I still have maybe like twenty boxes of FP one hundred C. So
0: yeah, I've got. I think about the same. Like I've got mostly FP one hundred C. I've still got a couple boxes of three thousand B, and one hundred B, and then like various like old Polaroids that are janky. Like the I there's a bunch of pole Color one hundred that I have, but every time I've tried it the packs are fused and so it's just yeah. like the crying game like when I go to pull the first tab and then it just like binds up <laughs> or like it the, the tab works but then I go to pull it and it just spooges all over the inside of my camera and just like wrecked everything and it's yeah. just like ugh.
1: yeah I miss I really love like the 59 the 4x5 color film Ooh, the 59's and good that um, I the last two times I bought some on ebay it just didn't work so I've gone probably a year and a half two years without buying another pack since then
0: i've got a pack of 55 that i've just been like hoarding for almost three years it's just been in my fridge for three years (laughs) work every once in a while i'll pull a sheet out to make sure it's still alive but it's just like i just need to shoot it i need to find a project to just shoot it on it right and then like pack film like I think you were sitting on the podcast panel at Polcon when um, I heavily talked shit about Fuji and their yeah. decisions on um, pack film, and now forever on the internet will be me saying vulgar things about Fuji and their executive.
1: Hey, you know they deserve most of it.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Like they've definitely proven, out of all of the film camera or the film companies, I think that probably care the least about their customers
1: yeah it doesn't make sense though because they made a lot of beautiful film and it's such a shame that they stopped making so much of it dude they really
0: do like superior 1600 was one of my favorite films it was like we have one of those in the fridge (laughs) i've got a few rolls left that i'm using for a book project and I'm just going to be sad when it's gone because there's no other high-speed film right now other than like Portrait 800 and Sinistel 800, like that yeah. color, um, which is kind of a bummer. Like the that 1600 was just, that was that was kind of a magical film. And Re, uh, Record 800. I've never used the Record 800.
1: I don't think I have either.
0: Is that, uh, is that something that you guys have in the shop there, Brian? I'm sure he'll get back to us in a minute. (laughs) So what was your first instant camera
1: then? Um, The first one that was mine was in high school. My parents got me... It was just like one of those silver, you know, like the clamshell ones. I can't think what it was called. Um, And it popped open.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it came with like two packs of the 600 film. Um, And then I just remember... <clears throat> like just always getting film at like Walgreens and Walmart and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of a little bit jealous. Cause like you were still able to get like OG Polaroid when you were getting into it. Like, right. I, I was super late to getting into the instant film game. Like by the time I started, it was just impossible and some expired it's getting harder to like I don't know if you've noticed it down there but it's getting harder to find expired 600 now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and find hard to find stuff that still works. Yeah. Yeah. I um I do have to say though when I first got into shooting like a little more professionally uh it was like the last year and a half two years of Fujis like the FP100, you know. So at first when I got it it was great. It's like seven dollars a pack and loving yeah. this. I here, let me uh here. I found this big shot um at a yard sale for ten bucks. Um and I have the original box too. But uh yeah, so at the time I just started buying a ton of the FP and um You know, I saw the pictures that uh, Warhol took of, like, Muhammad Ali and Mick Jagger and um, Debbie Harry. And just, like, you know, I got to have this camera. Um, And then just being lucky enough to find one for $10. But this one broke. I don't know if you could tell, but someone stepped on it. Oh, shit. So I, like, put it back together with cardboard. So. Do you
0: have another one or it's just that one? I do.
1: I do have another one. I actually have two because I have the one that I um take tin types in, although I haven't done it in a while. But yeah.
0: That's cool that you modify to do tin types.
1: Yeah, it's like super easy. All you have to do is take the old um you know the FP one hundred C cartridges and sort of uh glue some plastic in there to fit like a a wet plate. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then you can just shoot wet plate and like a Polaroid camera. Yeah, I've been trying to mess
0: around with my Big Shot so I can get it to fire strobes so that I don't have to yeah. dip around with flash cubes. Yeah. I haven't really found a good way to do it yet that's not super janky.
1: I I bought one of the, the adapters for it when they're still cheap, um, but I don't know where it is right now. Uh, it's, like, buried away somewhere in my vast collection of things i picked
0: Um, up one of those adapters but i found that it didn't consistently work all the time okay which was kind of annoying um yeah but i that was like i I got the big shot because i kind of wanted to play with it if i could get it to work with studio strobes Mm -hmm. um but yeah if i can get it to work with studio strobes maybe i'll do the tintype conversion at one point when i figure out the magic of the, the the tintype um yeah definitely yeah and when i was looking through photos for for the post i came across um a photo of you in tulsa after um you shot jason with the big shot oh yeah yeah it's always good to see the big shot
1: yeah people Um, people love it
0: (laughs) john had a question here um do you guys both incorporate new 55 into your collection curious to hear your thoughts and will you be investing in the Lomo
1: Graph Lock? So I've shot with the new 55 um, and I like it but when I was shooting with it I know there was like problems with consistency so like I would buy a pack and then two of the three shots didn't work sometimes Okay. so I got kind of frustrated with it uh, just because like I didn't really have the money to be wasting like that but uh, I've heard good things that it's like a little more consistent now. Um, And I was lucky enough to shoot with some of the color stuff that they had when they released it. Um, I just got one pack. So I only got a couple nice shots out of it, but yeah, I like it. Oh, and then the, the graph lock, the Lomo graph lock. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's a good idea. I've heard they're having a lot of problems with it. It seems like, and delays,
0: um yeah i i heard like the the, i think the one thing that's going to prevent me from getting it is that it doesn't quite match up with the film plane so you have to do some funky stuff with it to like get it to be in focus and i'm just like i don't really like if i'm shooting the large format it's already enough fuckery to like work with that thing like i don't need Mm -hmm. to add more frustration with it so um, yeah i think i'll avoid it but one thing that I think is going to change my four by five game here is I took uh, Dave Rollins advice reel uh, for four by five processing. And um, that thing was, it, it's super easy to use the bees reel. So it's like, yeah. if you want to process four by five at home, like definitely go check out that bees reel. Like it was the bees best, re- like, I think it was like, 80 or 90 bucks for it and it cool. fits inside of a Patterson three-reel tank. Um, but yeah, it's like super easy to, to use and load. Like, here, just wait. Let me go. oh grab it. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Okay. It just it fits in a Patterson three reel tank, and it comes with this like little 3D printed thing to eject the um, the sheets out of it. But um, where is it here? Come on. Ah, okay. So um, this is the guy here, and it's super easy to load because you just match the notches on the film with the notches here. And then you just sort of like taco the film in and slide it in uh, against that one point in the corner here and the one point in the corner there. And you only need 500 mils of chemistry to process six sheets with it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it works wicked awesome. And then when you're done processing, when you want to shoot the sheets out, you just put the, film ejector in the bottom
1: and that's really cool
0: yeah it, it's quite slick um I did not like the mod 54s honestly though um I tried doing processing a couple of times in the mod 54 and it made me stop shooting sheet film for a while because every time I would just have um the sheets would pop out of it Mm-hmm. Uh, during, like, agitation or whatever, and they'd just be stuck to the sides, and I was just like, man, this film was way too expensive to be, like, you know, fucking up these these sheets, and um, I don't really want to take the time to figure it out. And I didn't buy the, that Mod 54, like, it was just at um, a film collective that I was part of, I just used it there, and yeah, it made me really hate, um, <laughs> made me really hate it. So, the bee's real. Um, Dave Rollins was not lying it's the shit I would definitely pick cool. one up you, you said, said it does th- like six at a time yeah it does six at a time and you only need 500 mils of chemistry which is awesome so it's like yeah. the same chemistry you'd use for two rolls of 35 millimeter wow so. yeah and the, the because it's um it's pressure fitted into the, the sort of like snail look here There's no Mm -hmm. way for it to pop out. And um, because it's emulsion side in, you don't have to worry about, like, you know, the emulsion side getting all screwed up or anything. (laughs) Fuck you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, can't load 4. I can load 4x5. I just don't like the mod 54. We're we're not homies. Um, (laughs) But I did... (sighs) I learned a hard lesson when I was doing the processing on this one. I shot some 4x5 with a friend, which I thought was six shots of Rolie 400. And so I metered it for Rolie 400, and I processed it as Rolie 400. And then when I pulled them out of the tank, um, I realized it was Agfa Chrome uh, 50. So wow. okay, um, yeah. yeah. Um much lower film speed, so very underexposed and completely wrong chemistry. But I still got images, which was kind of amazing. Um I'm just gonna have to do a lot of dicking around with scanning though to like get something usable right. out of it. So um yeah. Mark your film holders, kids is the the lesson there because yeah I no that's true well yeah i loaded those film holders in 2019 so like they've just been sitting around my house for ages um that's how much i hated the
1: mod 54. <laughs> <laughs> i tried to shoot some four by five a couple months ago um and i had holders that i had written what type of film was in there uh nice. i i took all this time to do the shoot real careful And then I go to process and realize that there was no film in them. That I never (laughs) took the tape off. So, yeah. And I should have checked before. But, yeah, uh, so mad at myself. See, so
0: I I checked because I was like, is there something in here? So I went in a dark room and I just, like, slid it up just ever so slightly to just feel that a sheet was in there. I'm like, there's a sheet in here. And I'm pretty sure it's rolly because the last film I bought was a whole bunch of rolly. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So these are the joys of large format photography. Um, oh, yeah. If, if you want to get into it out there, kids. Um, yeah. Did
1: you ever The other thing too is like,
0: sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say like, for, you know, four by five and eight by 10 film is super expensive. And so Like, uh, what I was doing at first was just shooting, um, the like darkroom paper instead of film. Nice. And just making the paper negatives. Um, and those still turned out really, really nice. So yeah, to anyone who wants to get into four by five without the four by five prices, that's a good way to go.
0: Yeah. And the thing that's nice with that too, is you can do all of that under dark light too. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. don't have to do it in complete darkness, which, um. I find kind of frustrating when I'm loading the four by five holders is I don't like doing them in the change bag because it's just like, it's, I have a very small change bag, so it's hard to do four by five in them. Um, so I usually like, I put like, sorry, I put card like tape up my bathroom window with cardboard and then like, you know, put a towel on the bottom, turn all the lights off in my apartment and go like, um, in the bathroom and then just load up the uh, the holders in there like that uh, but with the the paper like you can just do all that in red light which is kind of nice right yeah and then just um do a contact yeah. right? yeah or that
1: or if you just like if you don't want to go through all the trouble you could just scan it um and make a you could make a, like a digital negative even um so yeah
0: here? I had a student once who kept on taking out the four by five and coming back and developing and not having their film work out. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Yeah, I've never tried cutting down eight by 10, but like that's so your your plan with the paper is um, what I think I'm going to do with eight by 10. So I'm planning on picking up an eight by 10 off of Armand in a couple of months. Nice. And uh, it, was, it was Troy's old eight by 10. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, which is, is kinda cool. Um but just to get sort of like my uh my legs under me with eight by ten, I think I'm gonna do like just the eight by cause I have tons of eight by ten paper.
1: Um, right.
0: So I'm gonna mess with that. And then I did just recently pick up a Polaroid eight by ten processor in a couple of holders. So. That's right, I heard that, yeah.
1: Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah dude, I'm it was um a really good deal is hard to pass up because um, I got it in a couple of holders for like what just the processor is going for on eBay. Um, and one of the holders is like brand new in box. So it was just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt kind of like chicken before the egg kind of thing. Um, getting a processor before having a camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back and, the same thing so I finally set up the camera in the studio and they're pulling out the dark slide and then putting it oh yeah you're not going to get anything if you don't take the dark slide out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's another magical thing so I just uh, met a photographer who shoots with a goose regularly and I noticed that she didn't have a dark slide in it And she was like, well, after I load the film in it, I always take the dark slide out because I forget it in and then I mess up shots. So it's like, I only put the dark slide in when I'm going to like, you know, load it or like, you know, take the Mm -hmm. the cartridge off back. Um, So you always got to check for your dark slides. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or how many times
1: I, I put them in my back pocket or something and I'll forget and then I'll sit down and it'll kind of like stab me. Yeah. Oh no! At <laughs> least well, you're not smashing
0: yeah. them because some of those uh, those bakelite ones would break pretty easily. Right. Yeah, it's and I I just like entered. I, I picked up some eight by ten holders off of a guy here that was cleaning out a dark room from someone, <laughs> and um, man, those things are huge. <laughs> like it's um, just seeing the holders is kind of scaring me about the eight by 10.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's wild how expensive the holders have gotten. Um, when I got mine, it came with like a ton of holders, luckily like old wooden ones and the newer, like the plastic ones. Um, but yeah. And then I also those uh, it's real easy too to get um, when you're doing the uh, paper, the 8 by 10 paper. The one thing to be careful of is you might have to trim the paper a bit because when I was first learning how to do it a lot of the times my um the dark slide would get caught on the paper and it would crunch up and so I ruined a lot of okay. shots like that. So you might need to trim them down a touch.
0: Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I picked up the old wooden ones because I thought they looked kind of cool mm-hmm. and would match the wooden 8 by 10 camera. So it was just like I'm already accessorizing <laughs> a camera I don't have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good tip. Is it? I don't know what someone's saying. Oh dear God! About. But. Yeah. It's been. I mean the the film adventure has been a really strange one. Yeah. But. <laughs> Is 4x5s are also slightly smaller than 4x5? Oh. There
1: I didn't go. know that.
0: <laughs> now we know. So what's been, like, <clears throat> your favorite photographic moment so far
1: since you've been shooting? Um, hmm. Like something that I've shot or done or... Uh, Both. Something you've shot or done or something that's, like, you know, happened to you? Um, I feel like one of my favorite moments was uh, getting to meet um, Kenneth Josephson. He's a Chicago photographer. um, Okay. Really big in, like, the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s. And I got to, like, meet him and he signed this book for me. Um, wait, wait, and, dude.
0: What car is that? Is that a Volvo? Uh,
1: I'm not sure, actually.
0: It looks like an old Amazon. Yeah, I think Ooh. that's an old Volvo. Nice. And I think
1: uh, for anyone out there, um, he's an artist I would look into, especially if you're into, like, Polaroids and um, just film in general. Uh, but uh, I got to take a picture of him with my Big Shot. And he had never seen a Big Shot before. Really? Uh, And, you know, so it was really cool having this moment where I got to teach him about something, whereas I feel like I've learned so much from reading about him and watching videos and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was probably like the coolest moment. Um, And I don't know. Other than that, just getting to create, I guess, getting to... I feel like find my voice, if that makes sense. You know, um, I spent about eight years working at UPS before I started going back to college and hated it, (laughs) you know, and I I wound up hurting myself a couple of times. And I feel like as horrible as that is, if that didn't happen, you know, I don't know if I would have, if I would be where I am, you know, so and would have ever found this love for photography
0: so well yeah pain's part of the process right yeah yeah (laughs) it was great to see you brian um yeah like i think that's i I think there is some sort of merit to that whole like tortured artist thing a little bit because it gives you something to draw from i've kind of like found that for myself is like you know with some of the um, shit that I've been through has definitely, like, added to my work and, like, mm-hmm. allowed
1: me to see things differently. Yeah. Um, I guess. And it gives you something to say, you know? So.
0: Yeah, and it's, it, like you said, like, you know, I think this is a really powerful medium to find your voice with, too. Like, it's it's a way for people to vocalize things that they may not have other means to do so, or um, have found ways to like comfortably, um, you know, express themselves, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think photography is a, a powerful medium in that sense for being able to do that. Um, and on that one, I'm curious. <laughs> so, like popping in, and I, I haven't been in Clubhouse in a couple of weeks because I've been just busy with the move and stuff. But um, a common theme and thread that i kept hearing on clubhouse and um also just in general like talking to to people is that uh this this idea that instagram is dead and and the platform is like over and uh i'm kind of curious like what your thoughts are on that
1: um yeah i mean i feel like it's definitely not as good as it used to be like once facebook took over and you know, they started messing with the algorithm and, uh, you know, you, you just hear so much shit about artists being sort of blacklisted for stupid shit, whether they say something politically or they, you know, oh, God, they posted nudity, you know, worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if if Instagram is dead, then that's fine. I'll, I'll move wherever the is happening and that's like one of those things that's going to happen anyways um you know (laughs) think about the social medias that we've gone through in our lifetime you know so there's always going to be something next
0: that's true yeah because like fuck man i used to have a myspace account way back in the day before myspace i
1: had live journal
0: I didn't have a live journal, but I think I had, like, a blog spot or something like that. And yeah. then, like, way back in the day, I had, like, GeoCities websites out the fucking wazoo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, High Five. Shit, I have not thought about High Five in a really long time. Um, I haven't heard of that one. It was kind of terrible. Maybe it was yeah. Canadian only. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing how the different social media platforms have evolved for sure in, in our uh, lifetime so far. Um, Instagram, I find kind of curious though, because, um, it definitely like there, there has been a degradation in it for sure since Facebook has, has purchased it and they've tried to as much as possible inflict their corporate values into it. Um, but they haven't been able to do completely because the the community pushes back on them and <clears throat> that's one of the things i kind of find interesting about it is it's maybe one of the more democratic um like social media platforms out there like you know they've had to like revert changes that they've done uh because like the user community pushed back so hard that facebook was like oh shit we yeah. just kidding sorry and like that <laughs> That doesn't happen on any other platforms out there, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, as much as it's owned by by Facebook and everything, um, outside of like shutting it down completely or restricting everything, they don't really have much control over it because the the community is just so large on it, um, which is kind of an interesting
1: um, interesting thing. Which, like, I still derive a lot of value out of it. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think it's a great way for people to, you know, find out about each other. Um, it's never going to replace, you know, meeting in person or going to a gallery or whatever that, you know, looking at a photo book or something like that, but it has its place and it has its value. And there's so many, um, friendships and, you know, professional, uh, like ways that I've sold work or met people who I've, you know, done work with through Instagram. So it definitely has its value. Um, Who is is
0: Elton? Mary is saying Elton is mad.
1: (laughs) The dog, dog barking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dave made a comment here that Instagram was always fake. I want to see more real life stuff. And I kind of have a counter to that. Um, Instagram is just the medium. The people are fake. I anything mean, like the vast majority of people that use Instagram are fake um, and you know I don't think that's a fault of the platform I think it's more of a fault of the society that we live in right now where you know things like Facebook and other social media platforms and societal pressures have like encouraged this behavior of like fronting a life that you don't have and like you know Instagram was just the easiest way for Um, people to project that out there, I think, because you just go share
1: in a way uh... And I I think it has to be said too, is in places like that, we can't forget too that not everyone has access to getting to a gallery or buying a photo book or getting to a library to look at a photo book. So I think in that sense, uh, it's good that it reaches more eyes it reaches more people especially people who otherwise would never get to see it or you know get to learn about certain kinds of art forms so there is value in that
0: (laughs) well that that, so dave says it's as real as aol it's messenger which (laughs) i you know i think that's kind of a mean thing to say because like AOL was a special kind of hell Um, that's kind of kind of mean but yeah, like his his point there is that uh, because it's not a physical thing it's fake because you can't make a print and I can see the the point of it like you know being being fake because it's not physical but I don't think fake is necessarily the right um, like term to use for it like I think more to your point like it makes something more accessible. So like a print is great, but a print is in an art gallery and a a print is like in a show somewhere. And if it's a print, someone has to go, they have to have the means and the ability and the mobility to go see that print in real life. Right. And, um, you know, an advantage of like a platform like Instagram is that it does give accessibility to um, things that, you know, people otherwise wouldn't be able to see um, in in their lifetime. And um, you know, just because it's not, you know, tangible or real on the, the platform here doesn't necessarily mean that what is being presented isn't a tangible thing either. Like, you know, many of us are sharing our film photos, our Polaroids, which are completely tangible and real. Um, we're just using this as a medium to make it more accessible so that instead of just, you know, sharing it with someone in our city, we're able to share it with people all around the world. And yeah, photo books are a great thing as well. But I mean, that's also another accessibility point. Photo books are great if someone has the ability to purchase those photo books, if they have the means to um, get them shipped to them and things like that, You know not everyone has the ability to say you know what i'm going to spend like a 100 bucks plus shipping to get this photo book in um that's kind of a luxury so uh, right. i think photo books are great i absolutely love them it's something that i'm going to work on more um mm-hmm. but um yeah like i, I think it, it can be uh powerful as, as a means and yeah building community that's definitely a, an interesting thing so it's like I use Instagram to build a community and, um, you know, I have found a community in Instagram. You're part of it. Dave is part of it. Um, there's, you know, shit at least a hundred people that are part of this real life community that I would have never had, had it not been for Instagram. So I think there's still some power left in it. and still some magic. It just depends on the people.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. There's always, um, and for each person, there's going to be like value in different things in different ways. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, for some people, the only way they're ever going to see, you know, a Cartier Bresson photo is on their phone, on their phone, yeah. you know. And so. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Stan,
0: Stanley Phillips' film says, How do I join your community? Well, I mean, (laughs) you're already here. Give me a follow. I'll follow you back. I'll check out your stuff. Um, You want to be on the chat sometime? Um, You know, let me know. Send me a DM and I can schedule you in for a chat and you can talk about um, yourself and your work. And that's how you can be part of this community. Um, You know, the the photo chat is, I I really only started it because um, I was bored and stuck in the... um, COVID lockdowns and was going out of my mind and have just continued doing it because people want to, um, you know, listen and people want to join in. And, uh, you know, so it's the the photo chats are open for anyone. So uh, Stanley, uh, if you're interested, send me a DM and uh, you can be on an upcoming photo chat and you can share your your work and um, your opinions and views and, you know, whatever you want to
1: talk about. Yeah. And as far as like in-person stuff, like Dave's talking about um, for anyone who's in the Chicago land area, suburbs, or even neighboring States uh, we're trying, we have a lot planned to do, you know, Polaroid events here in the Chicago area. So definitely trying to build that up. I know a lot of people in the area who are shooting Polaroids, but um, I don't feel yet like we have that, like community, and I'm sure um you know COVID has not helped. So uh, yeah, yeah. COVID once really things did. are a little more... yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. When, once things are a bit safer, because like I mean, that was Policon was almost like mecca for me. Like once I, found, I was like, how did I not know this was a thing? Like you know, yeah. it was like the one thing that I always look forward to is like going to Policon. Like the workshops were great and everything, but. You know, the more important thing for me about Policon was the community, like being able to go down and see you and Mary and Armand and Daniel and Mm -hmm. Alex and like, you know, everyone that like comes from all over Um, and and not to say that like the Policon virtual wasn't successful like it was interesting to see how Policon virtual went um, last year, where people who have heard of this like mythical Policon thing but didn't have the means to get to Yeah, yep. you know, It was interesting, like how having it on an online presence made it more accessible to people that had been following it and wanting to be part of it for, for so long. Um, so I think there definitely is a lot of great value in integrating, um, you know, internet things into real life things. Mm-hmm. Um, to bond and connect people that don't have means to get there like right yeah you no know, i'm i'm lucky that like i can fly down well in the, <laughs> in the before time i was able to fly down to texas and like hang out and that's yeah dave makes a great point that's where i'm yeah. as well yep um so it's like but that real life tangible event was promoted largely on instagram like yeah, that. I
1: can't recall if I found out about the first one through Instagram or Facebook, but it was one of the two. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so like that, that's a thing where it's like, you know, these community physical communities do exist, but a way to bind them together and like, you know, connect people into it is is leveraging these these digital platforms. And I, I think like if you can extract away from focusing too much on the toxic parts of what every single social media platform has out of there um you know you can you can get some value out of it and um yeah i i don't think you're coming across wrong at all dave yeah, like, I don't think you know i also agree with encouraging real life stuff too um it's just i think on top of encouraging the real life stuff it's it's nice to include people that that may not be able to do that as well um do i can't wait to give you a hug either <laughs> like fuck a miss hugs like <laughs> uh like dude I miss all you guys like that's I the hardest part of COVID for me has been being separated from like all of the amazing people that I've met through these um online photographic communities um and you know through real world events too like I mean Holocon was amazing. Um, the film Padilla out in San Clemente through the darkroom lab, thats that was amazing too. Like there's so many great real life events that used to happen um, that, you know, COVID has kind of killed. And, you know, I can't wait for all of us to be vaccinated and safe and able to, um, you know, raw dog
1: air together. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing too, though, not to get too into the like COVID stuff, but like thinking about, it's going to be, re- it's going to be weird. It's going to be so uncomfortable for things to go back to, you know, like normal, like because uh, thinking about, man, we all used to just like spit all over each other. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it's like you're, you're, you're in like rubber gloves and it's loud. So you're just like <laughs> just yelling in each other's faces and, you know, shaking hands and stuff and... Like, dude, man, like if someone comes at me without a mask and they
1: try and touch me, I'm like, whoa, no, get away from me. (laughs) My my big thing, the one thing that's going to change for me is I don't think I can eat birthday cake anymore when someone's blown out the candles, you know, they're just spitting all over the cake. And I never thought about that before COVID, but now I'm just like, "Ah, I don't know about this.
0: (laughs) I've never birthday cake is ruined to me now
1: yeah sorry. they're like I basically really like sorry. air
0: vomiting all over the <laughs> air vomiting all over their cake and then
1: we ate it and oh then we man it. yeah <laughs> jesus sorry <laughs> I, it's, i'm sorry Merlin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's wild i bet someone came at a lot of people and asked if they could spit in their mouth for a thousand I mean, if someone was going to give me a thousand bucks, I would probably let them spit in my mouth. I mean, I could use a thousand (laughs) bucks. I'd
1: I'd take the yeah, I'd take the money.
0: I I like Pete's comment here. Bring your own cake, BYOC. I mean, that's probably not far off. We're we're gonna be like living in a world where it's like you know, come to the birthday party, BYOB, BYOC, like.
1: I already heard someone say that they had, like, a little birthday party, like, a little family get-together, and they had, like, a separate cake, like, the, the candle cake, so.
0: Oh, man, yeah, someone someone else is like, I wish you didn't mention the cake, I've never thought of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you've ruined a lot of people's evening. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, and, and shaking hands, yeah, that's the one... I'm still not used to the fact that we're not supposed to like shake hands and I'm always reaching out. And then I'm like, "Uh, there's that awkward moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we'll touch wieners now. I mean, (laughs) I get, I I, basically we were touching each other's wieners when we were shaking hands because most dudes don't wash their hands properly Uh, anyway. So yeah, there's food for thought. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that is a weird one too. Cause like I also, I I work in like a salesy type, corporate job and so it was always about like shaking hands and like what's up and um yeah it's it's weird to like be like okay like el- elbow <laughs> yeah <laughs> if someone goes in for it i'm just like no i'm not gonna touch you like this is we don't do this anymore this is um you know i need an adult <laughs> <laughs> elbow daps is the new handshakes yeah it is weird i don't really like the elbow daps um mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. Like, the the new world, I just, I don't know, man. (laughs) We're just going to have to get used to it, because um, the old world is not going to come back anytime soon. Like, yeah. Yeah, the elbow does go. so so far the consensus online is that the elbow feels weird. It feels like an attack from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: What about the the shakes where it's like the you know you're grabbing onto the forearm or something. Is that any safer? I don't think it's
0: safer cuz like you're touching. So it's like Yeah. You're probably leaving especially the... if
1: you're not wearing long sleeves. So
0: Exactly, yeah. Sam says here, it's weird if you make it weird. It can be a lot of fun. I mean, that could be said about almost anything. True. So, yeah. So I do like a little bit of weird. I, I see, the tapping feet, that one, I can't get behind the tapping feet. <laughs> I could get, where is it here? Bowing. Bowing would be interesting. Mm. There's not too many people I respect enough to want to bow to them, though, so.
1: And I have a bad back, so I think all the bowing would hurt. <laughs> so yeah if that becomes like
0: an acceptable thing you could get a medical exemption card for it's like sorry i can't bow i got a bad back (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'll
0: just curtsy yeah exactly curtsy or just like i do like the yeah that one which goes good with masks Mm -hmm. i'm not upset i'm not upset about masks because i can cuss people out now and they can't really see that i'm doing that (laughs) enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah. And I've also kind of dug that I don't have to get haircuts anymore really. I just get hair <laughs> and you know it's just kind of become acceptable that like we're all a little scruffy now.
1: Yeah. The, the long hair and the long beard looks great on you anyway so. <laughs> Thanks man.
0: Uh, yeah because I didn't have I think i shaved my head just before san francisco so i wasn't very bearded then
1: yeah i remember it was short at the time i see there's a question any new, new film
0: news is... um polaroid <laughs> Go has been released um so that's kind of new it's a smaller polaroid it's upset a lot of angry men on the internet <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been kind of fun um Oh, Polaroid Square came out. It also upset a lot of angry uh, people on the internet, too. <laughs> um, I got in an interesting argument with someone that was like, you know, it should be less money because it's less emulsion and it's less chemicals. And I'm like, what? No. And they're like, well, because it's square. It's, it's round. So it's less. And it's like, all it's just a mask. Yeah. yeah. Build the exact same film just with, with a round mask on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, um, I don't know. I'm excited. Did you get some of the round frame?
1: I did not get any this time around, but next time I will. Yeah. I'm excited for it though. And I'm happy that everyone's getting it. I'm happy yeah, they I'm... sold out in like 12 hours. That's really awesome. So
0: I debated on it. Cause I was like, should I get it? And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get some. And then, like, an hour later, it was sold
1: out. I was just like, holy yeah. shit. My, my 680 is in need of repair, so I've mostly just been buying a 670 film.
0: Dude, if it needs repair, send it to Zane in Texas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm also very poor right now. <laughs> What's wrong with it? Um, I, I think I want to say the only thing wrong with it is the little, the pick thing is broken. Um... The part that like ejects the film.
0: Oh, okay. I'll DM you about it. We'll
1: okay. talk About
0: it. because yeah. <laughs> um, you, you gotta have the the you gotta have your SLR 680 going. Uh, JP has yeah, ordered a Polaroid weird. Go, so we have to get we'll, nice.
1: we'll have to get his hot take on the, yeah. the go once he releases it. There, we we need an unboxing video, and we need a uh, a little test drive video.
0: Um, So we're not anti-Instax. Like, I really like Instax film. I just hate Instax cameras in Fuji. I don't, like, you know, Brian, your feelings on Instax?
1: Yeah, I think it's great that it's cheap and it's reliable. Uh, You know, I wish you could do emulsion transfers with it, like you can do with the poured film. Um,
0: You can't, with Fuji, you can't do emulsion transfers.
1: Right, yeah, something different about the emulsion. You can't do it. Oh. I don't know. The, I'm not like super technical with all that stuff. So I don't really know a whole lot about how it's made differently, but.
0: Maybe it's because of the way it exposes. Cause like um, Polaroid exposes from the top and Instax exposes from the rear. So it goes okay. through, it, it goes through the negative to expose the image. Okay. Um, so maybe that's it because with with Polaroid, since it's exposing on the top, you can peel the emulsion off but instax might be different because it's shooting the picture through the negative onto the emulsion um, that could be there it. We go. yeah I, I do there. so Dave to your point like I do like instax in other cameras so it's like I have a Leica mini, which I love shooting mini film with that and um a lomo square which is is great um. And I do have to say the one camera that I have used to Fuji's that I don't think is an absolute piece of shit which I encourage people to buy all the time is the SQ6. I think the SQ6 is a fantastic camera um, because it is a true analog one compared to like the, S, I think the SQ20 or something which is like a digital printer with like a digital camera on it kind of thing mm-hmm. which is kind of weird um, but I like that you could do like multiple exposures and like all sorts of like cool stuff on it And the image quality off the SQ6 is actually not too bad. The mini 90 is is decent too, but the mini 90 is effectively the exact same as the uh, the Leica, because those were the same um, internals. Leica just changed the body on it and put a glass lens. So the mini 90 is like
1: the Leica with a plastic lens. Okay. I just got Mary's um, cousin Makeda just got me this, and I haven't had a Ooh. chance to use it yet. But nice, um, Mary. Is that the square, or the, or the mini too, and it takes really nice pictures? Huh? Is that the square or the mini? Uh, it's a mini one. Yeah. Okay. So, and then <laughs> I've got a little like purple, um, mini insects camera that's fun to use.
0: JP says that he has the Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift SQ, which um, does not surprise me at all. <laughs> kind of on brand but the big question is did you get the taylor swift film with it because like you know are you really a fan um thank you for joining in dave i love you too man and uh we hope to chat soon
1: yeah good to good to talk to you on here dave yeah we appreciate your input
0: yeah it's fun it's always like yeah. nice to have like input from uh from the class and JP did get the Taylor Swift film dude I'm proud of you that's um I, I couldn't do it I saw it at the camera store I thought about buying it and um I just couldn't bring myself to do
1: it I with the Taylor Swift camera does every time you take a picture it starts coming out and then Kanye West pulls it back in is that how it works Oh my
0: god, dude! That—that's
1: <laughs> what it should have been, at least, right?
0: Yeah, they should have called it the uh, the Taylor Swift "I'ma Let You Finish" edition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd save a ton on film because it never actually shoots. In that you never yet.
1: actually get to see the pictures. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> dude, that's me. I like that. This is what photo chat's for, for these yeah. kind of brilliant ideas out there, you know? <laughs> and I bet Fuji would build that,
1: because Fuji. Yeah. I think I'm sure they... Kanye would build that. If not, if Fuji Fuji wouldn't do it, Kanye would do it.
0: I don't know. Has is Kanye been OK since, like, the divorce and all that? I don't know. I haven't been keeping for up the with
1: it. For the sake of their child, I hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm gonna let you finish, but the mint cameras are the best cameras. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they, they could be right now, but I am very curious to see what the open SX 70 stuff is going to be like. Um, Zane sending me an open SX 70 sonar uh, soon that I'm looking forward to playing with. And it sounds like they're getting close to making that more of a product. So that could be a really good um, option to the mint cameras. Cause like, you know, the mint cameras cost a mint. <laughs> Which is- yeah,
1: yeah. I'd love to get one though, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> anytime someone's like yeah i got the mint 760 i want to do, do you remember that anti-donna skit where it's like haven't you done well <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that pops up in my mind every time i come across someone with a 760 because like I, I have a tiny little bit of jealousy towards that because um they're sexy those are those are cool cameras yeah, um, I'll get
1: one in 20 years when it winds up on Craigslist or something. And not, he's, he's <laughs> detail or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be the thing. <clears throat> um, I have an interesting story if you want me to. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Can, let's hear this interesting <laughs> story. All right. So it is Polaroid related. I will say that. Okay. So um, I don't know, when you came to my house, I don't know if you noticed, and to anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I like to collect, like, figures. Um, so, like, I have a big collection of, like, Ninja Turtle figures and things like that from when I was a kid, along with, like, artist-made figures that I've gotten as an adult. Um, <clears throat> and I have these, like, nice, like, Ninja Turtle figures that this artist made. I forget his name. Anyway uh i put them up on ebay and i was like all right i need some money i'm gonna sell these figures put them on ebay sold them because i forgot i had them on ebay and then i was kind of sad i was like oh man like these were cool i should have kept them so then i was like all right i'm gonna buy something with this money that's like even cooler that i'm gonna like even more (laughs) so i uh wound up finding on eBay, um, if anyone, does everyone know, or do you know Dawood Bay, the artist Dawood Bay? So if you like Google Dawood Bay Polaroids, um, Dawood Bay is a Chicago artist who in the 90s got to work with the 20 by 24 Polaroid camera. Oh, nice. So and if anyone's by New York, uh, they have an an exhibition right now of that stuff um, at the Whitney. So um, uh, because he's from the Chicago area, I found on eBay, someone was selling uh, a diptych from that work that didn't make it to the actual series. Uh, so I wound up buying this like diptych of Dawood Bay's 20 by 24 Polaroids. Um, and so it's like a, a girl's face and then it's like halfway cut off on the other Polaroid. So it's, like, really cool. I'm excited about it. Um, But then, when I looked to see who bought my Ninja Turtle figures, it wound up being um, Bobby Monahan from Saturday Night Live. What? Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, all these cool things that he's been on. And then through that, I found that he's doing the voice of Donatello for some Ninja Turtles thing. Dude. Yeah, it just wound up being this, like, weird, crazy story.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. His, so I'm looking at Dawood Bay stuff here and like, this is beautiful.
1: Right. They're so cool. Yeah. It's like my favorite work that I've ever seen taken with the 20 by 24 Polaroid. How's like his mean mugging look? <laughs> he's like, this dude means business. Yeah. He's a lot of great series. You just had a street photography book come out recently. Um, yeah, if anyone's yeah. familiar with Dawood Bay, I would definitely check out his work.
0: Hi, Fern. Um, ooh, Stanley got to see his show at SFMOMA. Cool. Dude, I I miss art shows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss art talk, because it makes me really nervous, but I miss art shows.
1: Yeah, we, we went to the... Um, the Chicago Art Institute, like, a couple weeks ago, uh, they just reopened. So we went there and, you know, did the whole social distancing, wearing masks and all that. Um, <clears throat> so it's cool that things are opening back up again. But, yeah, I definitely miss it. It's going to be different, you know, because when you go to a, a gallery opening or something, it, so much of it is talking to people and drinking and just having a good time. It's gonna be
0: Shaking a hands, giving hugs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you No, know, spitting in each other's faces. <laughs> 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 and for anyone, like, who wasn't there or doesn't know, when Merlin came to the show that I curated here in Elgin, he brought his camera and took Polaroids of a bunch of people. It was really awesome. And that's the kind of stuff, like, I really, really miss about, you know, shows and just meeting with groups of people or those, like, impromptu sort of photo shoots and well, yeah,
0: was the that, you get. that was before I bought any strobes so um because the idea started when I was at Policon that year mm-hmm. um I decided to bring the four by five with me to Texas and I brought a bunch of pack film and I just wanted to give portraits to people because I'm like I have all this pack film that's just like languishing in my fucking fridge like what am I going to do with it? Like if I just sit on it and hoard it, it's just going to like rot and then I'll be more sad. So I was just like, I want to give portraits to people that I care about. Yeah. Um, So that's where it started, which was great in Texas because like there was lots of light in Texas, but then uh, I didn't have strobes yet for your show. (laughs) Um, So I remember I brought like one of these like lights that I have here. (laughs) <laughs> and I had like a, a car booster pack that had like a one twenty converter <laughs> and I was using that, and um it was a little like fucked up, but it worked. um I liked those shots that came out of that that yeah one. you know it's <clears throat> I find like the four by five and you probably experience this a lot with your tin type work is like it's it's interesting how people react with large format cameras. it's very different from
1: right like a 35 mil or even like a medium format. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People, I think people understand when they see it and uh, the patience that goes into it and the carefulness and, you know, I think people appreciate that.
0: Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Like I always kind of forget a little bit, like how much time investment it is to do a four by five shot until I'm doing it. And I was just like, Oh man, like, it takes so long to like get it right. And, you know. Then you forget the dark slide. It, it does, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but also like that's that's one of the best parts of shooting with four by five or bigger is that interaction you get with your subject that you don't otherwise get. You know, you have to sit down, you have to compose, you you just have this chance to talk with the person that, you know, if you're just shooting with digital or a thirty five millimeter just a regular Polaroid camera, you don't really get that same interaction, you know. Especially yeah. if it's someone who you just met or don't know as well, <clears throat> you know, it can be a really cool experience. To it it is, and I just
0: recently discovered on the other Instagram show that I do with Pete, um, Large Format Fridays, that I have an extension rail on my Wista because <laughs> <laughs> I bought a two ten. <clears throat> I bought a 210 lens off of Armand when I was in Texas, but then I was like, fuck, it doesn't barely work on this like camera. Like it it has to be like fully extended out and like, you know, it's totally janky. And someone's like, well, you just need extensions. And I'm like, I don't think my camera has extensions. And I'm like on the show, like this is uh, like a year and a half after having this camera. And someone's like, oh yeah, just like flick this one lever. And I was just like, (laughs) I feel so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> but the 210 is really cool for doing distant portraits because you're like almost 30 feet away from the person and you're mm-hmm. like all zoomed up on him which is kind of interesting yeah that's really cool yeah large format's fun awesome well i really appreciate you spending some time with me brian i miss yeah, you. yeah i appreciate
1: it it's great to. it's great that you're doing this you know like pulling people in the, the photo community and getting to have these talks. So I appreciate you inviting me and everyone for tuning in. Yeah.
0: I've been wanting to to get you on the show for, for a bit, but I, I know you've been busy with the school stuff and, um, you know, life has gotten weird recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to have to call it here cause I am, um, I think the vaccine is um mm. I feel
1: sleepy. Um, so plenty of rest, drink plenty of water.
0: Yeah, that's the plan. I gotta get some rest, but I have to do more packing tomorrow, so not too much rest for the wicked. But thank you so much for being here. Thank Thanks for me so tonight and um I can't wait to see you in the real world so that we can hug it out and get some ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> And see <laughs> I miss both of you guys so much. Um, next week, I've got uh, my good friend, Becca, who uh, runs the Northern Film Collective, uh, which I'm a co-curator on. Uh, she's going to be joining me next week to talk about um, her experiences in film photography and uh, with uh, the Film Collective and anything else that comes oh. up. So that should be a fun episode and it'll be... While I'm on the road, I'm not sure what town I'll be in, uh, (laughs) but um, it will be an adventure. It will be an adventure. So, um, yeah, thank you again so much, and thank you everyone for tuning in. Yeah, thank you, Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Alpha Dabs, everyone. Alpha Dabs. Yeah, we'll give some one for all of you. Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. If it's available, get the vaccine so that we can all, um, you know, spittle on each other again one day. Yep.
1: So we can all
0: spit on each other's birthday cakes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Birthday cakes have been ruined forever. All right. (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. Love you guys. Thanks. Okay. Bye, everyone.